So uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 is where we're going to start. The Lord speaking during the Sermon on the Mount. And, uh, so Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 says, Jesus says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, not even Solomon in all of his glory was arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So the Lord speaking, uh, and as part of his uh, three-chapter uh, three sermon, uh, he gets to this point of telling those that are listening that, uh, that they shouldn't worry. How many times are we told in our lives not to worry? But yet we still do, right? Worry is one of the easiest things we can do in life. Worry, doubt, fear, all those things. Uh, we don't usually have to uh, have to learn to do those things. They just, they're there. And uh, uh, what I find to be the struggle is learning to defeat those things or, or training our minds to understand that those things aren't the things that should be leading us and uh, that we shouldn't be led by, by fear or doubt. And uh, when those things um, are in our anxiety, those things are in our mind, uh, we need to uh, be able to combat that. And, and just trying to do it by ourselves and saying, oh, I'm just not going to worry today. You know, we, we do need help of the Lord and we and we uh, we can come right here. And uh, wh whatever it may be, you know, the Lord is teaching right here about what we'll eat or drink. Those those things that we need to be sustained in life physically. Uh, don't worry about those things he's saying. And uh, he, he uses uh, some examples here of uh, of birds. You know, they're not they're not sowing and reaping, but yet they have plenty of food. And then he goes on and he starts speaking of lilies. And when he's when he was talking about clothing, you know, the, these things they don't do anything to clothe themselves, uh, but the Lord provides for them. It, even I love how he uses Solomon. I mean, Solomon is known as uh, just one that had such a um, uh, a glamour. I hate to use the word glamorous in these days, but just a um, uh, a glamorous uh, reign. And uh, and and it says here that uh, Solomon, uh, in all his glory, wasn't arrayed like one of the one of the lilies in the field that the Lord clothes. So those things that uh, that we might convince ourselves that we need to worry about, and uh, things that we um, that we can focus on and, and have anxiety about the Lord himself, Jesus Christ himself is telling us not to worry about those things, you know, to trust in him. He will provide for us now. Uh, and I, I like here that, that there's, that he uses some, some simple things. Look at the birds, look at the, look at the flowers. And he says, you know, look, even look at the grass. I mean, today it's, it's here today and tomorrow it's thrown in the oven, but it has what it needs. And, uh, and then he reminds us that we're of little faith. And, uh, and, and how many times you read through and, and, and hear you know, the Lord saying, oh, you have little faith or, you know, uh, those things. So uh, we are. And, and just as human beings, I, I think it's part of our nature to worry and to doubt. And um, we can wonder about things that, uh, you know, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Those things. But uh, those are things that the Lord is telling us that, that he is, is going to provide for us. And he knows that we need all those things, just like our kids. I, I mean, if you think of our kids, uh, or, or you think of any little kid, you know, the kid isn't running around. Oh, what am I going to eat for lunch? What am I going to eat for lunch? Are you going to be able to cook it? Are we going to have power? Are we going to have water so you can boil my uh, noodles for my mac and cheese or whatever? You know, it, it, but yeah, in our minds and in our hearts, and we'll look at them like they're silly, but we'll do the same thing to the Lord. And uh, you know, we we 
um, we know, okay, hey, I got these, this, and it's going to be taken care of. And uh, and when our kid is freaking out about those things, or a child, or uh, one that just doesn't understand, we can say, hey, don't worry about it. You're spinning yourself up about something that, that's already taken care of. Just relax. Do what you need to do. I'll do what I need to do, and everything's going to be taken care of. There's a reminder here and a direction from the Lord in verse 33 that says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What he's saying is your focus doesn't need to be on these things. What he's not telling us is to be neglectful. Hey, don't worry about a job. Don't worry about this or that. But he's going to provide things for us. He's going to provide what we need to live. Uh, So that doesn't need to be what we're worrying about. We should be focused on our relationship with the Lord. And be focused on the kingdom. And as we're focused on the kingdom, he's going to provide for us the rest of what we need. So don't worry about tomorrow. I love this, verse 34. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for for today is its own trouble. How many times do we worry about tomorrow? i got to do this tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Today. Focus on what we need to do today. And uh, in those things, as we're, as we're thinking of, you know, what it might be that we need to do tomorrow. Yes, we can be prepared. This is, I'm not telling everybody, hey, just walk through life, be blind, and skip along, and hey, tomorrow's going to be taken care of, and all those things. Yes, but in today, might we be prepared for tomorrow? Might be, we be preparing for tomorrow? So those are things that as we, as we read through and we go through, we're going to, um, you know, this should be kind of throughout our message of the Lord's provision that we worry about today. You know, I... I um, a Jeremy Camp song, One Day at a Time. If you don't know that song, look it up, put it on your iPhone, your other phone, your Apple, not the Apple phone, the other phone. The, um, yeah, can't, can't even think of it. Your Android phone. You know, get that. Put it on your phone. Listen to it. Because there's a, uh, there's a strong message that the Lord gave, uh, gave Jeremy as he's writing that song. And it just, for us... And whatever we've got going on, one day at a time. We can't we can't get past today. We're in today. We need to be in today. Uh, skip down to verse 7 of chapter 7, please. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. For what man is there among you? If his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish... Will he give him a serpent? If then, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? There's the heart of our Father. We don't have to, I mean, us being evil, I like uh, the, the Lord says, hey, you guys are evil. And uh, he reminds us of that because we are. Our hearts are, are deceitfully wicked above all things. And, and are, we're constantly battling uh, with our minds and our hearts to be obedient to the things of the Lord and not the things of this world. And the Lord is, is reminding us here of his goodness and who he is. So he knows what things that we need and he's going to give the and, and, you know, we can it literally say, it doesn't say ask. And if you do enough, it will be given to you, you know. And if you seek hard enough and you find the right instruments to seek, then uh, then you're going to find. And if you knock hard enough with a sledgehammer on the door, somebody might hear you and say, but is somebody knocking on the door? It's not that at all. It's just being able to pour our hearts out to the Lord and trust that he's going to provide for us. Now, what we've talked about here is, is the, 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 what we need for sustenance in our lives. We can take this into so many different areas in our lives. We can take it into work, into ministry into parenting, into uh, leading a team. There's so much here that we can apply to every part of our lives. So, yes, uh, what we've studied here and and what the Lord is saying, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about the basics of life. Just focus on your relationship with me and and doing the work of the kingdom, and I'm going to provide all these things for you. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, uh, probably very familiar with this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. Paths. Um, trust in the Lord with all your heart and with all your ways. Acknowledge Him. It's not a trust in the Lord with half of it. And you can worry with the other half. You know, have a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of, you know, in your pocket of trust and in the other pocket. Make sure you got plenty of worry, anxiety, and doubt. Right? Because we can carry around those things pretty easily. We don't need instruction to carry those things around on our backpack. Those are all, you know, readily available for us. 
um, constantly reminding us that we're we're not uh, worthy, uh, we're not uh, we're not equipped. We shouldn't be doing. Hey, you shouldn't be doing this in the ministry. You shouldn't be doing that in ministry. Who are you to say this? How, who are you to share those things? So those types of of, of uh, lies that a, a circumstance can provide uh, can present to us um, can be things that uh, that will derail us. And but we are told in Proverbs. Uh, to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and all our and and uh, lean not on our own understanding, right? And uh, to acknowledge the Lord, and He's going to direct our direct our path. So, we're, we're we're being told is the opposite of worry. We're being told to trust, and trusting somebody. You guys ever watched somebody like a video of a trust fall? You guys ever done the trust fall? I think I've done. I I mean I've done it with my kids, and I'm like, no, seriously, you can trust me. And there's always that little step, and you know the the body stiffens up, and nobody really wants to put that trust and 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 take that fall and fall backward. And uh, so in those circumstances, we we trust the circumstance more than those who are telling us, no, you can, you know, we can trust you. Know, you can trust us. Um, and uh, in in those times, you know that that circumstance has lied to us. We've we've listened to it and. But, you know, we put our foot back. You know, we, we, uh, we're, we're worried that if, if I actually go through with this, I'm going to fail. That, uh, that fear of failure is tough. I, I, I'm not going to do this because I might fail. I'm not going to do that because I might fail. And it's easy to say, you know what, all my circumstances, everything I have, tell me that this makes sense and that if I back out now, everybody's going to understand uh, whether people are watching or not, or, or we can convince our, ourselves that it, it's understandable that, that you know whatever the circumstances are. If I just if I just say you know what I'm gonna this right here is what I'm gonna hold on to instead of I know the Lord's calling me here and I know I've been brought to this part of my life. And although we want to turn around and just start swimming backwards and going the other way, the Lord is actually pulling us in that direction in life. So it's easy for us to uh, to want to follow the doubt and the fear and the anxiety and uh, uh, rather than just trusting the Lord. It's easy. And, uh, and we have to remind our, 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 our minds uh, that, uh, that no, we're, we're called to trust in the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean to be stupid. doesn't mean that, that we can just say, hey, in our lives, I'm just going to do whatever and I'm just going to trust that the Lord. Yeah, well, you know, there's also, uh, we're, we're called to be wise. We're also called to know the word and to know uh, in life which direction we should be going. And uh, and to trust in the Lord as we as we walk down those paths, but uh, uh, sometimes I think we can convince ourselves that this is where I'm supposed to be going, and ignoring all sound, you know, all uh, you know, real judgment and uh, real guidance, uh, maybe from spiritual leadership or from the Word, and just say, I know the Word warns against this, but I really, I, if I just do this, then then I could be there, and I can I can do what I really need to do, and um, that's a dangerous place to be. So we can find ourselves, uh, you know, questioning, um, questioning the Lord. Uh, you know, I think he's leading me here, but I really need to be there. And uh, Isaiah 55 verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways uh, higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and as the snow from, uh, and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but the but water the earth, and make it bring forth bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word that goes forth from my mouth, word be that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me. Uh, excuse me. I'm going to try verse 11 again. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper. In the thing which I, in the thing for which I sent it. So you guys read that and understand what it really says, and not my stammering through verse eleven, please. The Lord's ways are higher than our ways. The, uh, the Lord, I, I'm I'm blessed that the Lord doesn't work in the ways that we do. Because if He did, we, I think we'd be in a lot of panic. Wait, there's no hope for here. There's no help here, and and, and we're done. There's no way that David could defeat that guy. Bring in a sling and a rock, and this is the mighty warrior of the Philistines. You know, there's no way, as, as we're going to look at, Israel could be delivered from the strongest army in the world without having to fight at all in Egypt. Um, there's no way 185,000 Assyrian soldiers are killed by 
one angel while everybody's sleeping. You know, you start thinking of those things like, oh, okay, great. I'm glad God thinks a lot higher than I do because if he thinks the way I do, we, you know, we're in trouble. We know those things. So if you, if you look at the example of Israel, like I said, they're delivered by the strongest army of the world, and it wasn't through battle. The Lord gathered them together, brought them to the Red Sea, part of the Red Sea for them. They were able to walk through with walls standing up, able to walk all the way through on dry land, get to the other side. And then here comes Egypt's army, and the Lord uh, closes up the water and swallows up that army. I mean, they saw them coming. They look back, and they see them, and they just start going through uh, through the Red Sea. That's not, as, as Will's told us, that's not the Reed Sea. It's 18 inches tall, and you know, the largest army in the world just gets swallowed up in a foot and a half of water. That's not how it happened. This was the Red Sea that was actually parted for Israel to walk through, be delivered from their oppression and from their slavery. And uh, the Lord swallows up that uh, that army, and uh, they're they're delivered from from Egypt. And uh, God delivered them after the plagues, and so He, he used those plagues as as precursors. And then they get to the Red Sea, their uh, parts that they walk through. Uh, Israel's uh, sorry, Egypt swallowed up. And then when they get to the other side, uh, they have they they're now starting to worry. How are we going to eat? Wait a minute. Over there, we had leeks and onions, and everything was great. Yeah, they were beating us to death, and uh, and we uh, had no freedom, and, and all we did was work all day. And it was getting to the point where they were making us do double the work with half the help, you know, all those things. And and uh, but we want to go back there because man, the food was good. You know, they had lamb chops and they had everything there, and we had you know garlic and food was good. So uh, let's go back. And the Lord uh, at that point is uh, you know obviously uh, not pleased with with uh, Israel's. Lack of faith, but uh, the God uh, God provides manna. He provides quail, and uh, through their journey, uh, provides water from a rock, and uh, provided warmth and shade and light through the pillars of smoke and fire. We've all experienced those, like right. We've just been outside, and water just flows from a rock, and you know, quail just lands, and we got a sandwich right there, and right. I was. Uh, it's funny. I was at work this week, and and um, the guy I was working with is like, hey. Huh? What's what's another word for believing when you can't see? Not faith. And I'm like, well, that could be a, a bunch of different things. And I never really came up with a, a word, but I'm like, it's really faith, you know, when when you can't believe. And uh, and uh, and I said, you know, we could really easily shred that that whole thing of uh, that there the existence of God. And he's like, how do you, how do you prove the existence of God when you can't see him? And I'm like, I mean, that's a that's a softball pitch coming in. And I could be I just the simplicity of of, of the human body. Uh, anybody that's um, that's you know studied the human body, uh, Madison, my oldest, is in uh, in uh, uh, anatomy and physiology right now, and she'll come home and you know she's also in track, and sometimes they're you know this this part of her foot will hurt, and uh, and she'll come home and I say you know what part hurts, and she's like using the Latin or Greek term, you know, <laughs> so. Uh, uh, she's she's using the, you know these terms. It's this, it's that, and she's all excited about learning about the human body. And uh, and uh, she just dissected a cat, and uh, so she's going to kill me for using her as an example right now. But she's right over there. So, uh, but you know they're they're studying. So she's learning about about the the anatomy of a cat. And that cat was put together. And I just told him. The, I mean, I just the example I use is just the, the simplicity of you grab an iPad. And hold it up and say, did this thing come together over millions of years and somehow there's a spark and all these wires are set up and you can touch screen and you can turn it. It's got volume and it's got all those things. No, 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 no. That was carefully designed by someone making it. So when it even came down to that discussion, I'm like, he's like, you know, the existence of God when you I'm like, I'm like it's foolish of us to look around and say that there was no creator. It's, it's, absolutely, it's foolish and I think it's irresponsible to say that. When, when, uh, what's being taught as uh, when you know evolution is a um, is a theory and being taught as fact, and uh, uh, scientists are a lot smarter than I am, so I'm not going to get into. I don't, I don't even like science. I never did in school, and I barely passed science in high school. I think I did. One, I think I did uh, like one or two years of science, and I got like a seventy. I, you need a seventy it was like a D minus, right, or something. I wasn't the greatest student in school. But I, I did the minimum to get by, and uh, and it's amazing because uh, you know my wife and I have always told her that you know I'm glad my kids are a lot smarter than I am because they're like getting straight A's in school and stuff and and all those things and they they can explain scientific things better than I can. But when it when it really comes down to you know, what we're looking at and and 
uh, we're, we're talking about how God delivers, and we can we can read back, and here's written proof of God's God's existence and His provision, His, his deliverance. Those things that we can trust in, because we may be sitting there, you know, we might go out in the in the woods and say, okay, God is going to speak to me and teach me through this circumstance that when I walk up to this rock and uh, and I, I I hit the rock or I speak to the rock, we know that those those are different occasions that water is going to come out of it. The Lord has already explained to us that he can make that happen and did make that happen. We don't have to walk around asking the Lord to prove himself to us all the time. He doesn't need to, and he's, we've got it here in, our, in, in the Word. We can just trust in the Lord and, and, uh, and lean not on our understanding, right? Trust in the Lord and not, make, not sit there and, oh, got to look for a sign here. You know, what did Jesus say? You know, wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. We've got it all right here. It's just whether we want to read it, know it, and let it guide our hearts and minds and lives uh, to lead us away from a time where we may be struggling with doubt or fear or, or uh, something's making us anxious and those things. So these are all written examples in history to help us to grow by, and we can look at these things. Uh, remember in, in John chapter 20, verse 29, the Lord said, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. You know, when he's there with Thomas. Thomas said, I, I didn't see. I didn't see the... The nails, and until I see them and I touch them, I'm not going to believe. Everybody's like, "No, really, we saw the Lord." And uh, and our our brother Thomas is uh, he gets the, uh, those labels, you know, doubting Thomas, right? And Peter's, you know, oh, you petered out, you know. Okay, how many of you carried your cross? And you know, based on you know Christian Christian history, uh, we're crucified upside down because you said you weren't worthy. No, but now he talks about the victories in Peter's life or the fact that Jesus restored Peter three times. You know, uh, there's just so many of the, the world or um, uh, so many in the world and want to remind us of the failure. Just think of, oh, that doubting Thomas guy. He didn't believe in the resurrected Christ and he had to. T yeah. Yeah. And uh, but uh, Jesus said right there, uh, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Walk by faith and not by sight. So that what that's telling us is that we can't trust our circumstances. We can't trust whether it's for food or whether it's provision, um, whether it's uh, you need help at work or whatever it is. Uh, the Lord is telling us that we can trust him and that he is going to provide for us. You know, the Lord doesn't doesn't want to just get us out there and make us fail and go, ha, ah, you know, that that's not the Lord. We, we convince ourselves that the Lord's not with us or, or just the fact that he doesn't even care. He doesn't, he's not listening. He doesn't hear this prayer because I don't feel anything. He doesn't hear. He doesn't hear my prayers because this isn't changing or that isn't changing. Um, I, forgive me, I've shared it before, but um, when I joined the military, I joined to be in, in one career field. I get to basic training, and uh, when I finally get there, I had this interview, and I think I've shared this fairly recently. So sorry if I'm failing you and saying it again. But when I got down there, I um, I found out basically. I'll, I'll try to shorten it that I was not going to do the career field I, I joined in, and. Uh, that created a little bit of anxiety for me, but it also provided me an out. I could have left basic training because they couldn't keep their promise to me. And I was asked, you know, do you want to stay in or do you want to go home and choose a new career field? I'm like, I don't know. This is craziness. Um, I'll, I'll just, I guess I'll just, uh, uh, let me go home, choose a new career field after I get done with basic training. I'll complete basic training because I was supposed to go right on to my, my technical training for uh, security forces. I was going to be a um, uh law enforcement in, in the military. And uh, so then I came home, chose a new career field. You guys have heard the story. I went to my new, uh, my other career field training, met my wife. She was in my class. And and uh, through all that, you know, I'm worried. I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, how's how's my life going to uh, to end up? I joined to do this. I got two buddies that I'm, I'm just kind of following in. And, hey, we're all going to serve together. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And now that's all messed up. I'm not going to go on deployments with those guys, uh, and I, I, you know my uh, time that I'm in is just going to be different than what I thought it was. And, and uh, the Lord had different plans, thankfully. You know, I got my wife and three beautiful girls, and it all came because that didn't happen, and my hearing didn't qualify for that career field. And although it, it said on my physical that it did, you know, that was a circumstance. That we all know we all have those different circumstances in our lives. That was a, such a, a pivotal point and turning point in my life. That, that brought me to, you know, where I am right now, uh, just at home and in my family. And uh, so in those circumstances, I thought everything was, was you know, swirling out of control and the Lord was putting me right where he wanted me. So it's, uh, and I know we've all had those type of situations. I know it. I just know because um, we've experienced them in our lives and, 
and um, it's just uh, how how we learn from those experiences and how we learn uh, from the Lord as He speaks to us through those. Have you guys ever thought, you know, I, I just wrote down here, and the Lord put it on my heart, like the Lord doesn't look at us and say, "If you had only worried more," uh, you, know, you know what I mean? I, was, I just started laughing as I'm driving down because I'm like, you know, the Lord has called us to trust Him. And he's done nothing for us to, to uh, that there would be anything else uh, as a result in our life than to trust the Lord. And, uh, and I was just thinking, I'm like, yep, yeah, that's about right. You know, the, you know, the Lord doesn't uh, isn't going to look at us and go, if you would have just worried some more, things would have worked out for you. No, the Lord rewards our trust. Um, and uh, in and we're not going to go back there, but I, I just have a note for verse 34, where, uh, where it ends with sufficient for the day is its own troubles and. Um, I think sometimes I know in my life I've been uh, I've been in a spot where you know I'd get anxious about something or I'd, I'd be fearful of something because I I had the opportunity to be prepared for it and I wasn't. And I, I think for us uh, to be prepared to to do what we need to do uh, in in whatever we've been uh, we've been uh, given and and whatever we're responsible for to be prepared to do the things that we should be good stewards of of the ministry that we have. If we're not, then uh, we find ourselves worry, worrying and being stressed out and being anxious and those things. But in the circumstance, whatever we have, uh, just to be prepared. I just think I think fear and anxiety, those things can also be a result of neglect and uh, us just being unprepared. So I just had that as a note. Um, and God rewards our faith and and our trust and our obedience. If you, if you look at uh, the walls of Jericho, I mean, uh, they God literally instructed Israel just to walk around the walk around Jericho. Israel obeyed, and God brought the victory. You know, it wasn't that they had to sharpen everything; they had to do special things. Uh, it was it was as simple as uh, another example of just um, the walls of Jericho. You know, it wasn't that they needed to tie and get oxen and pull this thing down and everything. Nope, just I want you to just walk around it. Just walk around it. Trust the Lord for his provision in our lives and in our ministry. Would you turn with me in First uh, Kings chapter 17, please? First Kings 17. Familiar name for Christians, Elijah. Might be familiar with Ahab. Uh, if you look at uh, verse 30 of uh, chapter 16, the summary of Ahab is uh, he did uh, evil. Uh, it says, Now Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than those uh, than all who were before him. Wicked man married Jezebel. And there's a whole bunch of other stories here, but we're going to focus our, uh, put our focus on chapter 17. Chapter 17, verse 1 says, And Elijah the Tishbite, of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except for my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. And I, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed at the brook Cherith, uh, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And we're going to end up reading through the rest of the chapter here, but... So here's a uh, a significant part, and uh, we're, this this drought that happens that's explained. Uh, there's not going to be any rain uh, for three and a half years. Being three and a half years, that's a long time for no rain to fall. Think of everything that dies in three and a half years. Pretty much everything. There's nothing being fed. So uh, the uh, the Lord speaks to Elijah, and Elijah goes and, and tells Ahab that this is coming, and he does what he was told to do. Then the word of the Lord came to him again to Elijah again, and tells him to get away from there and turn eastward and, and go to a brook. Um, and he's going to be able to drink from the, uh, drink from the brook. And, uh, and the Lord says that he's commanded ravens to feed you there. 
So he went and did according to the, uh, I like this, verse 5. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed uh, by the brook Cherith, uh, which flows into the Jordan. So he went and did it. The Lord said, hey, go out there. I'm going to provide you water, and birds are going to come feed you. Right. And Elijah is somebody that we can learn from. Elijah did it. It doesn't say Elijah freaked out and ran and hid under something and went and packed up his you know, snack packs and granola bars and uh, threw everything in his back. Thing. Okay, yeah, i got about three and a half years worth of food here. I'm good to go. I'm going to go out there, and i got all kinds of water in my wagon, and I'm just going to pull it and go here. He just went. Now, Elijah was led by the Lord, spoke to by the Lord, and went and, and, and was obedient. So he's there, and every morning and every evening, he's fed by birds. Ravens are there, um, and the Lord has commanded them. Verse six says, "And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the evening, uh, morning and meat, uh, and bread and meat in the evening." So he's got enough for sandwiches and whatever he wants, and he drank from the brook. He has what he needs there. He's obeyed the Lord. He he proclaimed the message that he needed to, and he obeyed the Lord uh, in doing that. And then he obeyed the Lord in going where he was supposed to, and he's miraculously fed every single day. In the morning and every night, he's got meat coming, and he's got bread, and he's got water. Now, the Lord says for us not to worry about what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear. This is the ultimate example of the Lord's provision. We can look back and go, oh, wait a minute. Elijah had birds delivering him, you know, food. That's pretty significant. So do we go back and say, well, you know what? The Lord's not going to do that for me. No, what the Lord is showing us here is, is through that example is that he can. He can provide that way for us. If we're in his will, we're following him, and we're doing what we should do. He's going. You guys know in Calvary, it's no, it's no, um, it's not a secret. Where God guides, he provides. That's, that's a steady message uh, in Calvary teaching. You know, the Lord, literally, the Lord is commanding ravens to bring him meat and bread, and he's got water right there. The Lord can take care of whatever we need. We don't have to convince ourselves that our circumstances and whatever we need is too big um, for the Lord to help us, um, uh, that these circumstances are really going to end us. That they're going to uh, uh, take us to a spot of uh, despair, and uh, we're going to be forsaken and, and die spiritually, physically, whatever it may be. Verse seven says, and it happened uh, while, sorry, after a while that the brook dried up because uh, there had been no rain in the land. So the Lord has him there for a season, and as he's there, he's he's being provided for, and then uh, everything dries up. There isn't enough water. Everything there. So then the word speaks again. So here's okay. So your next step. Uh, it's funny. My uh, my middle daughter Ashley. We bought her a little clothes rack yesterday, and. Uh, She's downstairs trying to put it together, and which was you know kind of cool. And she calls me, hey, I'm trying to put this together. I'm like, oh, cool. She's actually trying to do it, you know. And uh, she got to a point. She's like, I don't really need to know what to do. So we go down, and I see she's got the uh, the uh, instructions laid out. It's funny. We were we heard on I think it was 885 uh, driving home from Bangor yesterday, and they said that um, the radio host was like, 90 uh, 92% of us. Uh, throw this away without ever using it. And I'm, in my head, I'm going, okay, toothpicks, is it? You know, just trying to figure out what it is because, I'm, you know, my, my wife knows I just, I'm not very creative in my thinking. So I'm, I'm instantly going to the this and that. And, and she comes back and says, it's instructions, you know? And she goes on to say, my husband, and, and I was like her father or something, when they try to do something, they, they just try to do it. And we all know that women are, um, you know, sometimes will there's always the joke that guys aren't willing to seek and ask for instructions, that our pride is keeping us from doing that, right? I don't need to explain that. But uh, I literally see her going through the instructions. And that's one thing I do. You know, I look at instructions because I don't know how to do it. But those instructions, uh, the step-by-step -step instructions, she got to like step three or four. You know, she had been doing okay by herself. And then she got to a point, she's like, I don't understand this. And, oh, but, you know, we both put it together and five minutes later, we're all done. But those instructions in our lives, the Lord gives those to us. He doesn't just tell us, hey, go figure out how to do ministry. Go figure out how to do this or that or the other thing. We can look to, oh, if I want to learn how to do ministry. Oh, I'm going to go read Timothy because Paul told Timothy how to do ministry. So I'm going to go through there and I'm going to read through Timothy and I'm going to read through Titus. And I'm going to learn, okay, if I'm going to be a minister, I'm going to be teaching. I'm going to, I can learn from these guys. 
So the Lord just doesn't tell us to, okay, go figure your life out, and eventually I'm going to pull you all back to where, where I need you to be. He, he does give us instructions as we go. So verse 8 says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. Don't read past that. A widow to provide for you. Usually, if you look through the scripture, you know, uh, when uh, when they were going through and gleaning the fields and things, they weren't supposed to, if they dropped something, pick it up. Or they, if they missed a spot, they're not supposed to go back and, and take care, you know, oh, wait, hey, you know, I missed that whole bush over there. They were supposed to leave that. That was for the poor, or the widows, and, and those that were in need. It's it's This is this is a God thing that, that you, when you look at it and it doesn't make sense, uh, you know, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. That's what's happening here. Hey, I've, I've, I've told the widow to provide for you. So this is another example for us just to learn uh, about faith and obedience. So verse 10, so he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he had come to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So he goes, he gets to the gate of the city. When he gets there, the widow's there. Another confirmation that the Lord had sent him. And then by his obedience, he went and did it. And it's exactly how, how the Lord said. So as she's going to get his water in verse 11, he had asked her for a morsel of bread also. Verse 12 says, so she said, as the Lord God lives, I do not have bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. So we've all been in those circumstances where we're preparing our last meal, right? We've all been there, and uh, you know, I, we're literally starving to death. And uh, very little water. We've got nothing there. And um, yeah, I, I, I know the answer to that most likely for us is no, we all haven't been there where we're making our last meal. You know, but this lady w w just literally is looking. Her husband's died. So she's a widow. She's providing for her and her son. And now there's nothing left. She's literally baking their last, me last meal. Just enough. And you know there wouldn't have been a lot. It's not like, hey, I'm making this big feast. No, if they had a lot. If she had a lot, she would have been making a lot. But she's going, she's like, basically, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bake my last, I got just enough for one more loaf of bread, and then we're, we're going to die. These circumstances are overtaking us. And um, and uh, she basically is telling him that, that I don't have anything. And then Elijah, being a prophet of God and knows what's happening here, said to her, you know, don't fear, go and do um, as you have said, but make me, verse 13, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. So go ahead, go ahead and make me one and then you're going to have enough left over. Verse 13 says, For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her husband, excuse me, she and her household she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He knows what he's doing here. He has literally taken Elijah there uh, and after he was by the brook and everything dries up, and uh, the Lord had the timing perfectly. And he has the timing perfectly in our lives. This isn't something we can look and go, Elijah's a special person. But yes, he was absolutely a very special person and, uh, and honored. But the Lord, uh, as we're his children, will provide for us the same. As we obediently follow him in faith, uh, he's going to provide for us. He's not taking us to a spot where he's just going to leave us in a drought for dead. That's, that's not how he works. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths, right? That's not trust in the Lord in all your heart, and then someday he's going to forsake you, and you're just going to die. That's, that's just not how it, how it works. The Lord, eventually we are going to die. 
You know, it, it's just we're human, and, and at some point we are going to come to that. But the Lord doesn't lead us on our our, our um on our missions just to just to be forsaken and look and go, oh, God did not provide for me. I mean, you look at Stephen. Uh, you know, the, the man stepped out. There's so many other different stories of martyrdom, but he steps out in faith and delivers a brilliant, a brilliant uh, message and dies right there. You know, there's a potential we may die for our faith. But in our study, what we're looking at is just the provision and guidance of the Lord, uh, and we're going to be blessed in that. So this woman is in a spot where she has nothing, and uh, she, you know, very little water around. She's got nothing, and she's being asked to give what she has away. Go ahead, you know, just you know, and and there's the promise there, and uh, from Elijah, and and she is obedient. She chooses to to follow. She doesn't really have anything to lose, right? I mean, when you look at her, she could have said, you know what, I'm, I'm just gonna. We're not going to listen. I'm going to go cook this last meal. Uh, and, you know, they were, they were going to die. They were in that spot. But she chose in that time, rather than look and go, wait, the math doesn't add up here. I've got this much flour and uh, everything. So, yeah, that's probably not going to work. Um, I mean, she, they, were, they were already on their deathbed. They were ready to die. So she obediently um, did what Elijah said. And as it says in here, that... Uh, so she went her way, verse 15, and that um, she did. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The Lord blessed the obedience and the faith. Verse 17. Now it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned uh, the house became sick. And his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, What, I have, what have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to bring my sin to remembrance and to kill my son? And he said to her, Give me your son. So he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid, on, laid him on his own bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord my God, have you brought, also brought tra tragedy on the widow with whom I lodge by killing her son? And he stretched himself out over the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came back to him, and he was revived, and he revived. And Elijah took the child, brought him down to the upper room, into the house, and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. Now the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. That's a pretty intense chapter. You know, you think of the desperation that Elijah was brought to. You know, hey, you're, you need to proclaim this and then go to that brook and you're going to have it. But it's awesome. I, I just love reading it. Awesome provision, miraculous provision for lunch and dinner. Sorry, for breakfast and dinner every single day. Birds. Uh, guys, I had, uh, so I have to say this because birds don't naturally bring food to us, right? We know this. They're not naturally just bringing us a hamburger and um, those things. But I... Uh, it was one day I had uh, bought some food over across the street. Where I work is across the street from the commissary on base. So I went over and I had uh, Jen had sent me a, a text, which she does a lot. And this was years ago. And um, it had been a cold day. So I you know, bought some meats and I had some chicken in the back of my truck. And, um, and when I went out later on in the day, I went to look in the back of my truck and the chicken's gone, the bags were... Birds had actually come and... and cannibalized <laughs> and ate the chicken that was in the back. You know, they're eating their fellow bird here and, uh, which they do anyways. But anyways, he, uh, but all that, all that chicken was gone. They, they don't normally bring us food, right? They usually take it. You guys have all seen probably the little clips of, you know, somebody eating something and a bird takes it and goes and, you know, you're ice fishing and you put your, you put your fish out on the ice and here comes an eagle, takes it and flies away. They're not naturally coming to provide for us. That's not what they're doing. The Lord's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So he goes, and then he runs out of water, and then God tells him, okay, so now uh, now I'm sending you to another thing that doesn't make any sense. The widow is going to provide for you. And that widow knows, I can't provide for you. I don't have anything here. She actually tells him that. I don't have, I'm, I'm literally baking our last cakes and, and, and bread, and we're going to go die. We're starving to death. You know, So there's faith on, on Elijah's side that's required, and 
uh, faith and obedience uh, on, on his side and on the side of the widow. So, and then God miraculously in that, in that circumstance provides and they constantly, they don't run out of flour. They don't run out of those things. And, and that provision here, and what's funny is if you look at 14, she says, um, now by this, I know that you are a man of God. There was still doubt in her mind that I don't know how she was, how she was going. Wait a minute. Okay. So that bread for many days they had it. So she was cooking the last meal, but now they have many days worth of food. And that, 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 that miracle in and of itself wasn't, she, she still had doubt. She still was worried, like, what's going on here? You know, okay, yeah, there's still food. There's still food. But after her son dies and she goes and she basically accuses uh, Elijah, hey, it's because of you. You know, what do I have to do with you? And Elijah takes him, goes up and cries out to the Lord and, um, and, and um, stretches himself all over the child the three times and, and um, prays and, and God revives the child. And then she goes, now I know that you're from the Lord, basically. Now I know. It wasn't the miraculous provision of those things. So we can see in there, uh, in our hearts, how, how stiff-necked and hard-hearted we can be. Yeah, I know God's miraculous in providing quail every day, but we're going to start complaining against that. And this manna is really gross. Hey, you know what? I, I, I know God provided manna. You guys remember these stories, right? They, he provided manna. Hey, just chuck a little bit extra in there so we, you know, we just don't know. God specifically told them, you get this much per day. If you take any more, what did it do? It turned into worms. Pretty gross. I think I'll just take what I can get rather than having a little, you know, Tupperware thing full of worms. So uh, it just it, rather that it, the Lord is telling us through these stories just to trust him as we walk through. Uh, now, this is provision for us, our physical provision. It's a provision for our ministries, for our work. Um, all those things that we were talking about are for everything. The Lord is telling us that he meets every need that we have. The Lord, I believe the Lord spoke to this to me because I'm sitting there in my head going, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And the Lord's like, hey, <laughs> I got it. Trust in me. You know, the Lord, the Lord um, constantly reminding me uh, that, that he's, he's here and he's providing. So we're called to be faithful in the ministries that he has us. You know, when he calls us, uh, whatever, whatever that is, like I said, it listed through a few things. Called to be there. And, and whatever we should do as Colossians 3.23, we should do it heartily as to the Lord and not to man. That we should be faithful and be prepared. We should do what we can, um, you know, with what we have. Uh, we should we should plan ahead. We should do those things. Um, there are times where we may find ourselves in a spot where I don't know what else to do. I've done everything I can to be as prepared for this as I can. Like I said, he's not calling us to be irresponsible. Um, uh, if he does, then he's not to be irresponsible, but he he may call us to do something that looks completely impossible like to go out and get fed by ravens or being fed by the poor lady that doesn't have any food. But ultimately, it's it's us when we do have something. Yes, it's going to take work. It's going to take practice and dedication to get better at it. I remember my first time leading worship, and I think I've told you guys this, was after um, one of the East Coast uh, pastors' conferences I'd gone to with, well, uh, with Will. And um, and I remember him pointing, and I've, I've explained this before, uh, he, he pointed to like it was a business card or something on there, and it was – the the theme of the of, of it was not to despise the the old paths and uh, that the Lord uh, that the what the Lord sets the Lord doesn't need a bunch of new stuff to be successful. There's you know that old path you know follow along the old path of faith is is what was the the theme of it. and I remember scared to death and and church the the this room was was faced that way so I was standing kind of right over there a little bit. Uh, close to where Mark's feet probably are, scared to death, finger shaking. And I've never, I still don't like singing. You guys know this. I've told you several times. I, I don't like singing in front of people, but it's it's one of those things that practice, work, dedication, you just, it, it, those things that the Lord has, has put us into. Um, I know that it might not be the most exciting thing to go in and put your helmet on and prepare for battle to go in the nursery for the you know one and two year olds that are in there trying to knock each other around and screaming and yelling and stuff. Sometimes we need to be prepared. And all the nursery workers are laughing because they know what I'm talking about, right? I, uh, I teach upstairs with the with the young kids upstairs, and sometimes it's you, you've got to be ready. Yes, we need to be prepared. Yes, we need to be focused. Yes, we need those things. 
sometimes it's going to take a miracle to get us through whatever it is. Um, but just trusting in the Lord. I mean, there were, like I said, down here, there were times I wanted to take my guitar. Jen heard it several times. Uh, I just wanted to smash my guitar. I'm like, I can't get my fingers to do this, or when I'm playing this, it's just buzzing, and I can't do those. You just got to push whatever it is the Lord has for us. So our circumstances are going to lie to us. Um, you know, don't trust our hearts. You know, the Scripture says that our hearts are deceitfully wicked above all things. So, and uh, how many times do we see in the Scripture, do not be deceived, do not be deceived. Those are in there because we can be deceived, right? So uh, the important thing for us is to trust in the Lord, to trust in the Lord with all our hearts, lean not on our own understanding, and all our ways acknowledge him, and he'll, he shall direct our paths. It doesn't say trust in the Lord and do a little bit of worrying and those things. It's just trusting in the Lord, walking with him. Be responsible, yes, to the ministries that we've been called to, um, whatever those things may be. But trusting in the Lord that whatever the circumstances are, wherever we are in our lives, the Lord has not put us there as believers to, to end our lives. You know, God has put us there because he wants us to minister. And he wants to show us his power. You know, Sometimes we are going to go through hard times. We're going to go through some rough things. We are. You know, we're, we're promised that's how we're going to grow. But as we go through those things... Just fasten ourselves. You know that song, I Am Holding On To You? Dave Carter wrote it and everything. I know I've shared this as we're singing the song. I don't know what person he was using writing that song, but I like the fact of the Lord holding on to us. Because if there's us, you know, just trying to hold here, you know, God's got us fastened in. You know, we don't have to worry about anything. We just don't. Just trusting in him because our circumstances are going to lie to us. Our hearts are going to lie to us. It's faith and trust in the Lord. That's what we're called to. Trust, obedience. As we're reading through these things, it's trust, faith, and obedience. And uh, the Lord rewarded it. I don't want the other stuff. I don't want the anxiety, the doubt. And we've got plenty of that with everything else. So just a word of encouragement today. Let's pray. Father, we are so blessed to have your word that we can learn from it, that we can grow from it. God, that we can be fed by it and our faith strengthened. That we can trust it for guidance and leading us to where you want us to be in our lives. Whether it's for that next day or whether it's for the next meal or whatever it is, Lord. We just pray, Father, that we would be obedient, that we would faithfully trust you. God, we don't want the the other stuff that comes in this life and, and uh, just the uh, the pain and the anguish that can be in, in, in disobedience and in fear and doubt. We'd rather walk through confidently walking in you and trusting in you. Thank you for your word. Help us to learn it, to apply it to our hearts, minds, and lives, and to share it as you uh, bring opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.